Welcome to this podcast entitled Heart Failure, Early Diagnosis Transforms Lives. This podcast was funded by Ross Diagnostics Limited. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the podcast participants and do not necessarily represent the views of Roche Diagnostics Limited. So today we'll be talking about taking a deep dive into the world of heart failure, or we may refer to it as HF, primarily focusing on the importance of an early diagnosis and how the simple blood test NT-ProBMP can be used to help in the aid of diagnosing people with potential heart failure or HF at an earlier stage. So my name is Nick Hartson Evans and I'm the founder and chief exec of the UK's heart failure charity, the Pumping Marvellous Foundation. And I'm glad to be joined by Dr. Claire Taylor. Hi, Claire. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having me. So I'm Dr. Claire Taylor. I'm a GP in the Midlands and I'm also a researcher at the University of Oxford and my work has used large GP data sets and qualitative work to look at the diagnostic pathway for patients with heart failure. So thank you for having me. So I think we'll um, dive into the questions. So Great. so Claire, how many, how many people in the UK are impacted or affected by heart failure, do we think? Yes, yeah, so we know from large GP data that there's around 920,000 people living with heart failure in the UK and around 200,000 people will have a new diagnosis of heart failure each year. So it's an awful lot of people living with the condition. And we know from looking at survival of people with heart failure, unfortunately, the outcomes once people have had a diagnosis aren't always positive. So we know that survival rates are around 80% at one year and around 50% at five years if we look at everybody who has a diagnosis of heart failure. And those mortality rates are worse than many cancers, worse than breast cancer, prostate cancer, bladder cancer. And we also know that the trends in survival haven't really improved over time. So fortunately, with cancers, we've seen a big increase in survival over the, the last few decades. But with heart failure, there's only been a very modest increase in survival over that time. So we really need to look at the reasons for that and how we can improve outcomes for our patients. What would you say is the, the single most contributing factor to the poor prognosis of HF heart failure? Mm. It's a, it's a complex area, but we know that delay in diagnosis prevents patients from starting evidence-based treatments, which we know can improve both the quantity and the quality of patients' lives. From data, we know that around 80% of people with heart failure get their first diagnosis on admission to hospital, which is a really high number. And around 40% of those people have had symptoms of heart failure within the previous five years. So if we could diagnose patients sooner, we could prevent them from going into hospital and also get those treatments started much more quickly, which is obviously better for the patient and also better for the healthcare system. So in 2020, we did a joint survey with Roche Diagnostics um, on a sample size of 625 people in the UK who have been diagnosed with heart failure. Um, have you got some useful insights from this, Claire, that you can maybe mm. discuss or share with us? 
Yeah, so a really interesting survey. And I, I think um, it found that 32.5% initially reported receiving an incorrect diagnosis. Um, and that was even higher among younger patients. So people less than 45 years of age, there was 45% of them reported receiving an incorrect diagnosis. Um, and the most common misdiagnoses reported were things like asthma, um, anxiety or depression or acid reflux. And there was also um, a substantial gender gap. So women were almost twice as likely as men to be misdiagnosed. And on average, a woman would wait five times as long as a man after their initial GP visit to receive a heart failure diagnosis. So I think those survey findings really highlight the issue of misdiagnosis because the symptoms of heart failure overlap with other conditions and also highlight, interestingly, a gender gap that perhaps women aren't, perhaps we as GPs perhaps aren't thinking about heart failure in women as much as heart failure in men. Um, and so we need to consider heart failure as a possible diagnosis in both genders in order to achieve this earlier diagnosis that we that we aim for in primary care to get the, those treatments started sooner and improve the patient experience. So the symptoms of heart failure are often non-specific. So patients can feel breathless, feel tired, have swollen ankles. And there can be quite a number of causes of those symptoms. So respiratory conditions, anemia, obesity. So patients can go potentially down the wrong diagnostic pathway if we as GPs don't think about heart failure as a possibility, putting it also in context of the patient's past medical history. So for example, we know people with diabetes are much more likely to go on to develop heart failure or people with coronary artery disease much more likely to develop heart failure. So we should therefore be having a higher index of suspicion in these patients to think, could this symptom be due to heart failure and testing for it. And fortunately, we do have a very simple test to help us to do that. So if we think, could this be heart failure? We can do an NT pro-BMP test, a simple blood test, which will tell us if heart failure is likely and we need to refer for further diagnostic testing or indeed if it's unlikely, we can rule out the diagnosis and think, what are the other options? What are the other diagnoses here? Obviously, NT ProBMP has a significant value, a huge value in the diagnosis of heart failure. What are the, what are the levels that we need to be looking at from, from the tests, you know, the results, what happens, you know, mm. and what do we need to do? Yeah, so as you say, NT ProBMP is a really helpful test. And we know from some of our work that still only one in four people who have a new diagnosis of heart failure have had an NT ProBMP test in the six months prior to their diagnosis. So it's still really currently underused in primary care. And I think there might be a lot of reasons for that, including if, if somebody is so unwell, they need to go straight into hospital, then they won't have the opportunity for testing in the community. Or they might be referred directly for ECHO without having the, the NT ProBNP test done first. But just to um, 
summarise, NT-proBMP is a peptide that's released by the cells in the heart when the heart's under strain. And it's a really powerful diagnostic marker, which if raised is an indication that this could be heart failure, but also a very helpful test if it's normal then heart failure is unlikely and we can think of other causes for the patient's symptoms. Now with any diagnostic test, there are factors that can affect NT-proBMP level, um, which we as GPs, when we look at the test result, need to perhaps take this into account. For example, obesity or some drugs such as ACE inhibitors or beta blockers can slightly lower the, threat, the, the level of, of NT-proBMP. And equally, some factors such as a fast heart rate or atrial fibrillation can raise the level of NT-proBMP in the bloodstream. So when we're looking at the results for our NT-proBMP test, we just need to take these things into account. Um, but it's a, a really helpful test to help us with our diagnostic decision-making. And NICE have recommended these threshold levels for NT-proBMP. So if the NT-proBMP is less than 400, NICE recommend considering other causes because it's unlikely to be heart failure. If NT-proBMP is 400 to 2000, we should be referring for echocardiography and specialist assessment for the patient to be seen within six weeks, NICE recommend. And if NT-proBMP is above 2,000, we know these are often quite poorly patients that are likely to be admitted to hospital or have a poor outcome in terms of mortality. These people should be seen quickly and NICE recommend within two weeks, a bit like the two-week wait cancer pathways. Now, in reality, because of the waits for echocardiography and specialist assessment, these waiting times often aren't achieved, but I think it's important to have those recommendations from NICE just as a triage tool to see who needs to be seen and, and how quickly they need to be assessed. So in terms of the, the uh, certainly on the community, we uh, see uh, many people where it takes quite a long time to, or they, they experience from their, um, from their experience, their journey quite a long time to um, get a diagnosis of heart failure. Um, it has been in the NICE guidelines, I believe, um, since 2010, um, and obviously in the updated guidelines of 2018. But um, we've, and I know Claire that we've worked with you on the BEAT, um, on on the BEAT uh, acronym. Um, do you want to talk, just have a quick conversation about that? Mm. Yeah, of course. So um, the symptoms of heart failure, as um, as we've said, are can be non-specific so patients can feel breathless they can feel exhausted or tired and they can have swelling of their ankles and legs and what we thought would be helpful is to come up with an acronym to remind GPs patients the public about the common symptoms of heart failure and inspired by the FAST acronym which is very well known for stroke we came up with the BEAT acronym for heart failure so breathless exhausted ankle swelling, time for a simple blood test. And that blood test is NT-proBMP. So we hope that BEAT will be adopted within patient communities and within general practice and within secondary care to really raise the possibility of heart failure in the minds of both patients and clinicians, helping to raise awareness in the same way 
that fasted for stroke? So certainly from my position as a person who was diagnosed with heart failure in, in, uh, in 2010, um, I was diagnosed um, in the acute um, hospital setting um, with, a, with an echo. Um, and um, I don't know whether whether I was I had an NT Pro BMP test done. Um, yeah, and I think just picking up on that, Nick, I think there's there has been hopefully improvement since your experience. So there's these breathlessness pathways now in some areas where patients who are breathless get a whole variety of tests, so a, a chest X-ray and an ECG and 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 also a, an NT Pro BMP test as part of that would have helped to pick up heart failure at an earlier stage. Um, so hopefully things have have moved on, but certainly those breathlessness pathways aren't, aren't universally available. But NT Pro BMP testing is widely available acro- across the UK now. So it's, it's accessible to, to most GPs across the country. The usage of NT Pro BMP, what benefit would it be to people with heart failure and also the NHS as a system? Yeah, I mean, for me, earlier diagnosis means the patient can start on evidence-based treatments that we know improve their quality of life and their long-term survival so we can have better outcomes for patients. And also for the healthcare system, patients being admitted to hospital or having multiple diagnostic tests obviously costs time and money within a a strained healthcare system. So if we can diagnose heart failure earlier, we can avoid the need for emergency hospital admission and ideally diagnose people sooner in primary care so we can initiate these evidence-based treatments and prevent people from going into hospital as an emergency, which is obviously both costly to the healthcare system, but also incredibly frightening for patients to be admitted breathless, going into A&E, not knowing what's wrong with you. An incredibly frightening experience, as as you know from your own experience and, and the patient community. So we need to be testing more in primary care so we can identify patients that need referral for echocardiography and specialist assessment to get that diagnostic label sooner. I absolutely agree with you that breathlessness, uh, certainly with me, was absolutely terrifying, um, having not experienced that before, but also speaking with people, the many tens of thousands of people that we do speak to every year with heart failure, breathlessness is the one that pushes them over the edge, both on an anxiety, uh, the effect on mental health, and also um, Mm. that will push them into hospital. So I I completely agree with you. Um, So... Yeah. In in terms of a summary of sort of take takeaway points that summarise what we've been talking about, or what do we need to get across today that will help people, uh, uh, sorry, help um, GP surgeries get um, uh, better potentially at a identifying heart failure and b um, seeing the value of utilising NT Pro BMP. So I think as GPs, we just need to have a fairly high index of suspicion for heart failure in order to identify it. So the BEAT acronym hopefully helps with that. So anybody who we see who's breathless, exhausted, ankle swelling, time for a simple blood test. 
we also need to put that in context of their past medical history and if, if they have risk factors for heart failure such as diabetes um, or coronary artery disease again that makes us slightly more prone to think could this be heart failure and by doing a simple NT Pro BMP blood test we can then make the decision about what we do next if it's above 400 we should be referring for echocardiography and specialist assessment and that's within six weeks patients should be seen or if it's above 2000 it should go through as an urgent referral for the patient to be seen within two weeks and I think with that key part of the diagnostic pathway we can hopefully identify patients with heart failure at an earlier more treatable stage and help to prevent them from needing an emergency admission to hospital. Well, I don't think I can uh, eloquently put that any better, really. Um, but from from the patient position, I would say that, um, you know, getting that, although it's a difficult diagnosis to, to receive heart failure, I mean, it, it, it is difficult, um, receiving that diagnosis of what's causing the, the issues and the symptoms and the poor quality of life is really, really important. Um, and the quicker we do that, the better... Uh, the better the quality of life and uh, and then looking at the clinical stuff, you know, the better the uh, length of life. Um, and also, as we all are acutely aware of the um, challenges of resource within the NHS. Um, so if there's nothing else we need to add, and I don't think there is because it's been a nice, concise conversation. Um, and I thank you very much, my dear friend, Dr. Claire mm -hmm. Taylor. Um, and thank you very much, everybody um, who listens to this podcast. It is very important. Um, this is probably the crucial stage in heart failure management. And we hope that you found the discussion um, of interest to yourselves and for your future clinical practice. Thank you. Thanks, Nick.